Southeastern Bow Hunter Podcast. Hey guys, it's JD with Southeastern Bow Hunter Podcast. You ever get bored like I do in the middle of the night watching YouTube? Trying to figure out which broadhead flies the best, which one penetrates the best, different arrows, different bows, different bow speeds, all that kind of stuff. Go check out Chest Stumper Outdoors. Not only does he have some good hunting footage, he also does amazing broadhead reviews and arrow reviews and bow reviews and stuff like that. He goes to all the different trade shows and tests out all the bows right there on camera. He also does the Mountain Archery Fest. So give him a check. That's again, Chest Thumper Outdoors. Go give him a good listen. Go watch his videos. Some amazing content. Hey guys, this is JD with Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. Just want to let you know I can save you a little bit of money if you go on to nosedownsense.com and type in the promo code SEBH15, Southeastern Bowhunter 15, SEBH15. That'll get you 15% off on all the products they have across the whole site. Now go make sure you check them out. Amazing products, great cover sense, and great application sense for those big old scripts you're trying to work on. Also, after you get that game, you can go ahead and season it up with some of their seasonings and dry rubs they have. Go give them a check. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to Southeastern Bowhunter, episode 53. Um, This episode, you know, is going to be one of those ones that I honestly think you guys quite enjoy i know that we do um we've got my buddy andrew stanley and i've known andrew since we were kids man we went to the same same high school i think the same middle school and elementary school and all of that um i had no idea this dude hunted till a couple years ago and you know we uh we kind of you know go through a little bit of the history that we both have you know kind of touching on when we were little and stuff that you know he did as far as hunting goes that I didn't know about and how I was you know kind of like a skateboarder uh that was not into hunting I mean I was into it but I didn't do it so it was kind of just one of those things you know every time the fall fall time frame came around I'd be you know watching deer hunting shows and playing you know my hunting games on my computer or playstation or whatever it was um wanting to get out there but just not knowing how but Andrew, you know, he's had some really good success, man. He just got back from uh, elk hunt in Wyoming, so we talk about that. We talk about some of the deer he's killed. He and I actually used to hunt not too far from each other uh, back when I hunted in Rockdale County. Uh, I don't hunt there anymore. I don't have that permission. I lost it last year. Just name of the game. But, um, yeah, man, this was a great episode, and Andrew's got a brother named Austin and his father, John, and I would love to be able to get those guys on. Uh, they're great guys, um, you know, just really stand up people. So we're going to work on that. We're going to make it happen. Um, I don't know when, but we will make it happen. So y'all be looking forward to that. Uh, this was a great episode. I can't thank Andrew enough for coming on and, you know, it was nice getting to catch up and, uh, you know, we're planning on doing some hunts in, uh, I guess the next year or two. 
So uh, it's it you know it's it's gonna be fun. It's a good episode. I think you guys will love it. Uh, before we get started, you know we gotta knock out the people that make this happen. Uh, VPA Vantage Point Archery, man. Andrew actually killed his elk bull with a VPA broadhead. It was the 200 grain double bevel. Um, that bull only went 30 yards, piled up. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. So go check out VPA. Me and JD are both using them. Um, we love them. And there's actually, you know, some changes that are going to be happening. Uh, you guys will find out about that next week. I'm not going to dive into it right now, but there's some things changing. Nothing bad. It's it's just how it goes, man. But back to VPA. VPA is all American made, uh, Christian owned company and just you know, a company that I really stand behind and I don't plan on switching broadheads. I'm just gonna say that, I really don't. So use our promo code with them. It is SEBH10, saves you 10% site wide on any broadhead. Um, single bevel, double bevel, uh, three blade, two blade, turkey head, small game head, all that stuff, man. So go check them out. You won't be disappointed, I promise you. Get a broadhead that can handle anything you put it through, I promise you, you are going to love these broadheads. Next up is Osseo Gear. Um, I actually just watched Jay Maxwell's newest video on 4610 Productions. Jay is part of the Osseo team as well. And you know, congrats, dude. That big that big buck that you killed, awesome. I mean, I love seeing it. Um, it was kind of crazy. You were able to shoot a doe uh, while you were sitting there with the buck waiting on, on your buddy to show up. And uh, yeah, dude, awesome episode. And Jay, like I said, is part of the Osseo team. Um, so, you know, if Jay trusts it and if Joe obviously trusts it, I think you should trust it because I trust it. <laughs> uh, no, Osseo is a great company, man. It's ran by great people. Um, Joe is an awesome guy and, you know, I really need to get him on the podcast soon. I, I need to reach out to him about it, but you know, their, their camo is so different from a lot of other companies. Um, and I really think that if you just try it out, you will not be disappointed. So go check out osseogear.com. Uh, they have a bunch of new products that are dropping. Uh, they just, I think, started some sort of sale. So you can check that out. Um, I am recording this on the way to work. So forgive me if this is kind of long-winded and a little a little choppy. It was a long weekend. Um, but yeah, Osseo Gear, man. One of the top-notch camo companies in the industry. Um, and you can save some money using our, pro our promo code SBH10. Saves you 10% site-wide. Go check it out, save some money, get a great product that'll last you a long, long time. Uh, next up is Summit Tree Stands, man. You know, my Summit had it had it out on public land this weekend, didn't connect on one. Uh, you know, we I'm probably gonna do a, a, a quick little cover, or I guess overview of that, what happened um, in the next episode. And it it was a long weekend, let's just say that. But the Summit Tree Stand performed flawlessly, both for me and for Thor and for Andy. Uh, we all use Summit. <clears throat> and I'm telling you, you know, it It was a good weekend, but it was also a rough weekend. But our Summits, they did not let us down, man. Uh, quiet, comfortable, durable. What else could you ask for? So go check them out. They've got hang-ons, climbers, accessories, everything you need. And you can save some money using our promo code SEBH15. That's 15% site-wide for anything on Summit's website, uh, summitstands.com. 
Uh, next up, man, Scout Tech. Look, Ryan killed a giant on public land last week. And I'm, dude, I'm so stoked for him. Uh, I really want to get him back on soon to, you know, talk about that and talk about some other things that are happening with Scout Tech. Uh, my Scout Tech camera has been working fantastic. Uh, I mean, really, it it's awesome, dude. I actually am going up today after work to swap some batteries out and check some mock scrapes on a private spot that I plan on hunting this coming weekend. Um, so, you know, that Scout Tech has really been helping me out a lot. And the solar panels are great. I, you know, I've got it on, on another cell camera. I haven't had to touch it. It's, it's really helped me be able to stay out of there without having to worry about changing batteries all the time. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just a fan, dude. I'm a lifelong fan. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, go check out Scout Tech. Reach out to Ryan. Tell him congratulations on that giant buck he killed. Um, he was on 25,000 acres and was able to hone in on this deer in about three acres. And that's just that's just impressive, man. So go check him out. You uh, you really are not going to be disappointed by what they come or what they have to offer. And, uh, yeah, a lot of things coming with them. So I can't wait to be able to tell you guys. It's going to be awesome. Last but not least, Urban Archery Outfitters. Um, I really, really, really need to check out uh, what they've got going on. I know Chris and Jimbo and all of them have been super busy. Uh, so I'll probably give them a call today and just sort of check in on them, see how they're doing. And uh, yeah, go check out Urban Archery Outfitters. Uh, you can make a hunter profile. They've got a lot of things coming down the pipeline, a new app that's in development. And once I know more, I will definitely let you guys know. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Obsession Bows, man. I was talking with Dennis Lewis the other day and, you know, we're kind of, we're sort of making some plans of, you know, what kind of bow I should get after this season. And I just wanted to sort of give them a shout out because, you know, Obsession makes a great product and it's made in Georgia. I mean, I'm, me and JD both have been trying to stick to, you know, as many products, or I guess not products, but as much gear as we can use that's actually made in Georgia um, or at least American made. And, you know, Obsession just really stands out. They've got some of the fastest bows on the market for the best price and JD loves his and I cannot wait to get one. I haven't decided between the HB33 or the TM33. I'm probably going to go with the HB33, but we'll see. Uh, but either way, man, go check them out. Go check out Obsession. Uh, reach out to Dennis Lewis or anybody else that works with Obsession and you're not going to be disappointed. Those bows are mean. Um, so yeah, anyway, you know, long intro. Sorry, guys. Uh, I could have made it longer if I told you about my weekend on public land, but I'll save that for next week or maybe do like a quick little, I, I guess, overview or recap later on this week. But um, this episode with Andrew Stanley was awesome. You know, actually him and his father and, and Austin, too, the, all of them really were kind of part of my journey and my faith, um, along with like Jay Maxwell, Lee Ellis, all those guys. Um, if you haven't listened to it, you can listen to my episode with Jay Maxwell and I kind of explain that stuff along with BJ and Cheeto, man. It's just a lot of people have really led me to the Lord and I can't thank him enough. So just want to give the Lord thanks, you know, Jesus Christ, my man, and you know, the stuff that he does for me and my family and my friends and just everybody. If you don't know him, you need to get to know him. Um, so thank you, Lord. Thank you for everything we, uh, you know, you've given us. And I'll be honest, man, I really enjoyed this episode. This is, this is one of those ones where it's kind of just like a wholesome, you know, just a good episode. So let's get into it. Episode 53, Andrew Stanley. All right, guys, 
we we have a very special guest on today. I've known this guy since we were oh, eight, eight or nine, maybe 10. I don't know. Um, got to watch like him grow five up. years ago. Unfortunately, I don't know what you <laughs> just said, but you, man, you, you're ruining the intro. What are you doing? I'm trying to give this guy some, some credit here. Um, he played for a very renowned football team, Peach Ridge Lions. Um, and then, you know, we kind of split ways. And, you know, as a lot of people know, I was not a hunter when I was a kid. I was a skateboarder douche. And that's just how it was. And uh, I had no idea that this man hunted. So we got Mr. Andrew Stanley on here. Dude has killed a lot of good deer. He actually just had a really special hunt recently that we are going to get into. And he used a broadhead that we are all big fans of. So before we dive into that, Andrew, what has been going on, man? I know a lot's been happening with you. Um, what's up, man? Yeah, life's been uh, pretty crazy recently. I had my first kid in April of this year. Uh, so he's six months old now, which has uh, kind of cut into my hunting time for this year. But I, like you alluded to, I was able to go on a, um, a really a dream hunt uh, back in September of this year. Headed out to Wyoming with my dad and my brother, something we had planned for, gosh, probably five years now. We'd always wanted to do a, a father-son hunt where both of both me and my brother could join my dad on a, a true Western hunt because we had never done anything like that. He had been out there hunting elk, um, I don't know, probably seven or eight times throughout his life. But uh, it was my brother and I's first time. So we went to northwest Wyoming. We flew into Cody and uh, we're hunting with an outfitter out there called Lee Livingston Outfitters. Um, and we drove in from Cody down to the trailhead, rode 18 miles on horseback back to our uh, base camp and hunted out there for five days in the Shoshone, uh, I think wilderness area is what it's called on the South Fork of the Shoshone River. Um, but truly, truly the trip of a lifetime. I mean, we were out in the middle of nowhere, no phone service, which was, uh, pretty nice. My wife didn't like that aspect of it, but we had a little Garmin in reach, so we were able to at least keep some tabs with uh, everybody back home. But uh, like I said, it's been five days out there. I was able to shoot a bull on the third day of the hunt and a uh, really nice six by six and uh, brought home a bunch of great elk meat, which I've been eating on since I got back. And uh, it was it was really the trip of a lifetime and, and something I'll never forget. A lot of great memories. So, um, But, you know, now I'm back and actually just had my first hunt of the Georgia bow season. Um, Last Sunday morning was my first sit of the season, which, you know, I haven't missed an opening day in Georgia since I can remember. Uh, yeah. This year I was getting ready for the Wyoming hunt. And like I said, with my kid, it's uh, life's just been crazy. You know, I've got a business that I'm, I'm helping run now. And um, so life is is crazy now. But, uh, you know, the rut's here and I'm excited to uh, hopefully be spending some more time in the tree here soon. So. Yeah, man, that um, when I saw your dad, you forget post, the hunt. I'd rather go out there for five days. That's insane. Well, that's that's what, awesome, right? <laughs> and I told people the uh, the the outfit we went with. They actually do like summer pack trips, is what they call it. But you can you know ride out to the same camp that we were hunting out of on horseback, and you know fish and and you know glass and look for for bears and elk, yeah. whatever. Um, but just spending time out there, man, it was it was truly amazing. Like you know, country is nothing like we're used to here. I mean, it was, it was honestly a lot tougher terrain than I was used to um, and what I was expecting. Um, But it was, you know, we were hunting anywhere from 8,000 to 10,000 feet elevation every day, you know, riding horses up about halfway and then hiking the rest of the way. Mm. Um, But, you know, just the views up there, it was, it was really, really some amazing country out there. And I I would strongly urge anybody that, you know, ever gets a chance to go out West, um, you know, take that opportunity because it's, it's special out there, man. 
Oh yeah, I grew up on horses, so I can imagine. Okay. Yeah. Well, we were supposed to do. Um, my uncle lives, or I guess my wife's uncle, um, lives in Colorado, and we've been uh -huh. trying to plan a Colorado mule deer hunt for three years now. And me mm -hmm. and JD were supposed to go next year, but <clears throat> we both kind of decided that we should wait, um, just because it's getting more and more expensive to go out there, and mm -hmm. it is over the counter tag, and we both have never been. I mean, I've been up to Colorado a couple times and, you know, seen mm -hmm. some decent bucks. I used to have family there. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, we've both been out there, but it's like, I kind of feel like I've got to get, you know, my inner Cam Haynes working if I'm going to do that. Because, I mean, I see your brother running all the time. and I'm Oh, like, yeah. No, he's a freak, man. He, uh, he ran yeah. a 100-mile race this year. And, really? Uh, yeah, he did. He, uh, it was a, a race up in Dahlonega, actually, but it was called Merrill's Mile, and it was a one-mile track, and you had 24 hours to run as far as you could. And I think with 10 minutes left in the 24 hours, he finished his hundredth mile. So he was, wow. uh, he was in, you know, just fine shape for that hunt. And I, you know, I try to stay in shape. So I felt like I did pretty well, but nothing will prepare you for the altitude out there. Like I remember the first morning we got off the horses and we, you know, started our climb and we had gone 50 yards or something. And the guy stopped the glass and I'm like 10 yards behind him, just like trying to keep my breathing yeah. down so he wouldn't hear me sucking wind. But, you know, after a couple of days, I got a little bit more uh, acclimated to it, but it was uh, definitely tough. You need to be in shape for, for a hunt like that. I'll tell you that for sure. So what you're saying is drinking these isn't going to help any? Probably okay. not. Well, that's my Probably last one. Not. Uh, no, I, you know, I've always wanted to do a Western hunt and especially like having a connection out in, in the West. And then I see you guys do it and I'm like, man, how did you, I mean, obviously you said you planned it, you know? Mm -hmm. So like what, what went into that? Was the outfitter the one that told you, Hey, we're going to go up to this. And then this is where I've been seeing them. Or did you guys have to do like kind of your own scouting? Like what was the whole process for that? So, I mean, they do, like, like I said, when they're out there in the summer doing the pack trips, I think they do some scouting while they're out there just, you know, glassing and, and but the area that we were hunting in is a, they call it a migration area. So during that time of year, a lot of the elk are moving through there. So they know the animals are going to be there. Um, and then, you know, every morning or really the night before we would sit around in the dining tent, just kind of talking about, and again, you know, we're not, obviously we haven't been out there, you know, glassing or really anything, knowing, you know, where the animals are. So we're relying on the guides for that. But, um, you know, all those guides are very experienced, very good hunters. So they would all kind of talk and say, okay, you know, well, we've been seeing them in this area, or, you know, I think this area would be a good spot to go. So we just kind of come up with a game plan the night before. And then, uh, like I said, head out, you know, I think we most mornings breakfast was four four thirty in the morning and we were heading out on the horses in the dark and uh <clears throat> luckily those horses have very good eyesight because uh i was a little i was a little you know get uh weirded out about that in the beginning yeah. just riding out and, and you can't use a headlamp because it messes with their vision so you're truly in pitch black dark just relying on <laughs> them to, to know where they're going and again in that type of terrain it can be a little sketchy but um i have to say they had some of the best you know horses from what I've heard in, in any outfitting um, place out there. Yeah. And uh, those horses did an amazing job and, you know, got us to where we would go. And then we would just get up on top of the mountain, you know, wherever spot we chose to go that day. And uh, we're listening for bugles, glassing, and um, just trying to, you know, make a play on a bull. And um, like I said, third day of the hunt, it all came together and had truly an amazing day. We were on an elk all, all day from, you know, as soon as we got up on top in the morning, uh, until I shot my bull at 4.30 in the afternoon. Um, and typically during the middle of the day, they'll stop bugling. But that day, they were just hammering all day long. So we never got a break and um, had actually 
three other setups that morning and an early afternoon where we called bulls in and just couldn't get on them because you know they had cows with them or whatever you know the wind switched or whatever happened but um that afternoon it all came together and uh was able to i know that wind really switches nice a lot of there Oh yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, it's not nothing like what you're used to here where you, you know, check your forecast and it's a Southwest or Northeast wind, whatever. And you're, you're predicting that for the day. It's just, you get up on there and, and you check what it is and, and you're always just trying to make a play based on the wind and it can change in a second. I mean, that happened multiple oh, times. Yeah. You take, you take five steps up the mountain. It's changing. Exactly. Oh, yeah. My brother on the last day actually had like a 370 bull. They had glassed up, which, you know, is an absolute giant. Yeah. And uh, it was, I don't know, a thousand yards away or something. And, um, you know, he hadn't shot one as the last day of the hunt. And so, and like I said, he's in incredible shape. So he told his guy, he's like, look, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going all in for this. Like it's, it's either going to happen today or it's not. So he busted off the mountain, went down this deep ravine. And then there was a little draw going up um, that kind of led right up to where these elk were bedded. And uh, he got down in that draw and followed it a couple hundred yards up the hill and he was looking back at his guide, you know, through his binoculars and they had come up with some, some hand signals that they were, you know, giving each other to, to let him know like, okay, the elk are still there or whatever. But uh, he said he got probably within 200 yards or so of where he, he had picked out a spot that he was looking at knowing like, okay, if I get to here, I'm going to be close and I can pop out of this little draw and hopefully get a shot. But he was, you know, right there, 200 yards away. And then he stopped for a second and he just felt that wind at the back of his neck mm. and he, looked in his binoculars back at his guide and he gave him whatever hand signal, like, yeah, they all blew out of there. So he was close to getting on a, a really, really, you know, world-class elk, but um, the wind mm. just, you know, didn't cooperate. So that's, that's how it goes. Um, yeah. He's just gonna have to go back, I guess. I know. I'm well, sure he can him, run there. I mean, yeah, he, he probably could. Him <laughs> and my dad are already planning, a, planning another trip. So they're, uh, they're definitely going to get back out there and give it another go. So Awesome. So do y'all have any plans to go out there and go mule deer hunting? We do. So we've been, uh, we've been Brian preference points for Wyoming for I think five, six years now. Um, so every year we were buying an antelope tag or an antelope point, an elk point and a mule deer point. So um, our outfitter out there, they have another camp down in Southern Wyoming that they just recently got that they were telling us about. And apparently it's in an area where some of the best mule deer in the entire state, you know, call home. So um definitely got some good connections out there and you know all of our guides um were from out there and they know you know a bunch of places and a bunch of people so made a lot of good connections and and that's that's our next you know big western trip as a deer hunt because i've always wanted to go out there and, and shoot a muley so hoping to do that you know sometime in the near future yeah that's a dream hunt dude i mean i love whitetails but there's something about mule deer that's just mm -hmm. i just I, I would honestly say if i could go hunt mule deer more than whitetails i probably would yeah just because no, of the way they look they're beautiful and, and like we were driving to uh to the trailhead where we got on the horses and uh coming out of cody and within you know 10 miles outside of the city there was uh you know these big uh agricultural fields and there was mule deer feeding 15 yards off the road and so we kept you know every five minutes we were stopping and just you know i was just looking at them yeah. taking pictures and stuff and i was like man this is just so cool just you know i had never even seen a mule deer in person so just being that close to them and we saw a couple not many um because the area we were in they, there's not a, a ton of them out there but we saw a couple uh while we were out elk hunting too and that was that was really cool yeah i mean those muleys man there's something like you can take a 140 inch whitetail and 140 inch mm -hmm. muley and they just they look so much bigger Yep. So I don't know. A 200 inch mule deer, I feel like would look pretty nice. 
back there. Yes, it sure was. <laughs> so we'll see. But um, <clears throat> so before we get off the elk hunt, I, I never asked you and I should have. So uh-huh. you were you were featured on BPA and that's kind of what started this whole thing. Like I had been wanting to get you on. Um, honestly, I'd love to get all three of y'all on throughout, you know, yeah, the man. next few months or whatever. But um, what broadhead did you use? Because you and I talked about it a little bit. But what specific broadhead did you use? It was the VPA. It was a 200 grain VPA uh, double bevel head. Uh, I forget what the exact, um, you know, model is called. Yeah. But, um, one of my you know dad, green one? No, it was actually black. Um, so I don't know exactly what it was called. And this was the first time I'd ever shot this heads. My dad actually had a buddy of his send him some because we were all like we, you know, in the past for whitetail, we've shot you know, a numerous, numerous different broadheads, but, um, for the last couple of years, we've been using the muzzy hybrid heads. The I think it's called TBI. Um, but yeah. they're, uh, they've got the, the fixed blades and then the two expandable blades on them. But for the elk hunt, we were like, you know, we're going to, we went to a heavier air setup and, uh, wanted to use a cut on contact, you know, uh, solid piece, uh, fixed blade. Mm-hmm. And my dad had a buddy that, um, had been, you know, out West and, and dangerous game hunting all over the world and had sent him some broadheads and some heavy arrows and some other stuff. Um, and I just happened to, to go with that 200 grain head that he sent. Um, cause it worked well for my setup and, you know, getting the FOC I wanted and all that. So my first experience with using a BPA head, but like I told you, man, I am a, a customer for life cause I shot that bull with it. Uh, he was 30 yards and he went about 30 yards and tipped over and you know was dead in 20 seconds mm-hmm. and uh you know ever since then i was like you know i i, I think these are, are pretty good heads so i'm getting ready to place an order for uh some of these omegas that they just came out with because those are from what i've seen those look pretty freaking sweet so i'm yeah. excited what, to, uh, um, to try those out i know shot placement is everything as far as killing an animal so, um but for the whole argument sake of fixed versus mechanical what did you notice as far as blood trail wise with the VPAs? Well, um, we, we did. So we, you know, like I said, we saw him go 30 yards and fall over. So we went up to him, you know, immediately, but we did come back on the trail just to see what the blood looked like. And it was great. I mean, um, I didn't get a pass through. He was quartering away and I hit him, you know, probably mid body and it, it's stuck in that offside shoulder. So mm-hmm. I didn't get a pass through. So, you know, blood trail wasn't fantastic, but right there at the hit site, you know, it sprayed everywhere. And then, um, there was a clear blood trail. If we had, uh, you know, had to have followed it, um, there was a great, you know, blood trail there. So, um, I would say, you know, I, I, it was just as good as, as anything I've ever used. And, you know, again, putting down an animal that size and 30 yards, I I think that's, uh, speaks to the, the, you know, potency of those heads. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, this, the single bevel design and, you know, the cut on contact and this solid one piece construction, you know, all that stuff. I'm a huge fan of, Yep. I'm not always, I haven't always been the biggest fan of the smaller diameter. Now they are one of the smaller diameter single bevels out there. Mm -hmm. Um, But just because of the single bevel itself, and as long as you have that bevel going the right way, you shouldn't have an issue with blood trails at all. But I was just, I, I've got, I've got a pack of them and I, they're all of my arrows and ready. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to throw one out yet. So mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, I'm glad to hear your blood trail feedback on it. Yeah. I think it was great, man. And I, uh, you know, I, what kind of turned me on to, to the whole, you know, um, the solid one piece fixed blade and the single bevel and all that. I was listening to a podcast last year with Grizzly Stick 
mm-hmm. those guys. And, uh, you know, my dad, that's actually what my dad and brother ended up using for that hunt. Cause they wanted something, um, in a little less grain weight for their, for their arrow setup. So they went with the 150 grain, uh, grizzly stick. I forget the actual model of it, but, uh, anyways, I was listening to a podcast with them and, um, you know, just all the, the, uh, research they had done on that. And, and one thing that, that, really stuck out to me that they were talking about was being lethal from, from really any angle and, and just being able to, mm-hmm. to attack, you know, especially in a tree stand setting where we're hunting back home with whitetails, you know, you never know where a deer is going to come from. You never know what they're going to do when they get in range and certainly not, you know, uh, advocating taking an unethical shot, but if you've got one that's marginal and that's your only opportunity, just having that peace of mind, knowing that you've got a, an arrow set up and a broadhead set up that's going to, yep. you know, punch through pretty much anything that you need to get through and and make a, you know, a good shot on that animal. Um, that was just something in that podcast that I heard that that really, you know, kind of turned me on to the idea of, of going to a setup like that. So, yeah. um, like I said, I've only shot the elk with it, but uh, really looking forward to, to shooting a deer with it and seeing what it'll do on a whitetail. Yeah, so you just answered my question. I was going to ask you if you were still planning on using that setup for whitetails. Yep. Because, you know, we, man, I'll tell you what, I've tinkered with so many different arrow weights and broadheads and all that other stuff over the past year, just because just it's fun. And, you know, talking with yep. T-Bone, bugging him all the time about setup. I've talked with Troy Fowler from Ranch Ferry a couple times, and he's yep. always pushing super heavy. Um, you know, I mean, we're we're both using the um, S7 125 grand. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, honestly, I, I can't really complain about it. Now, I haven't mm-hmm. shot anything with it yet, but you know, I had a bad, and in the VPA episode, we talk about this, but I was always a mechanical guy and I try mm-hmm. to fix blade. I think it, I hit a deer in like the top part of the scapula. So of course you're not getting through that. Mm-hmm. And so I switched the next day to the mega meat, which I, you know, killed that deer over there on the wall with and love it. But the problem is I shot it at a doe and I'm pretty sure one of the blades opened up. So I got mm-hmm. shot. I mean, I had the pin right on the heart. And I had right. shot that bow that day. There was no reason for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then we had the VPA guys on and we, you know, got talking with them and they pretty much said the same thing. Like you can shoot those broadheads, not really, I'm not going to say at any angle, but right. you know they're reliable. Yeah. And you don't have what to I will say too, okay. that when my, when we skinned my elk out, um, like I said, my broadhead lodged in that offside shoulder and it, it went, it was like the dead center of the scapula on the offside. And it went, the ferrule was up to the, to the scapula and the the rest of the broadhead had gone all the way through it. Um, So, you know, when I saw that too, I was like, man, that's, that's, that speaks volumes of, of the, you know, and another thing that speaks volume with me is, you know, like you're talking about with the bad shots, or if you do have to make a difficult shot, not necessarily Mm -hmm. a bad shot, but you know, the hunting public, they'll do a lot of ground hunts and they do a lot of frontal shots. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that with any other broadhead unless That's you're right. using a single bevel. I'm sorry. If you're, if yeah. you're not using a single bevel, you ain't going through there. Yeah. And that was guy. honestly one thing we were, you know, possibly anticipating having a frontal shot on this yep. elk hunt. Yeah. And that was all the more reason for why we wanted to go with a, a heavier air with a, with a fixed yep. blade. So, you know, luckily yep. that didn't happen because, you know, those shots can be a little iffy, I know, and you got a, a pretty small aiming area there, but, um, that was another reason why we wanted to go to a setup like that in case we were presented yeah. with a shot like that. And that's exactly why I switched and went to the setup I've got. You know, it's a heavier air than I've ever wanted to go with before. But mm-hmm. just for that what if factor, I don't have to worry right. about it now. 
Yeah. And that's what I love having that peace of mind, especially, you know, I I think one of the drawbacks to the, to the heavier arrow is, you know, you're not getting obviously the same speed and worrying about pin gap and and arc of the arrow and all that. But um, especially back home, you know, I don't, I won't shoot a whitetail over 40 yards. I mean, that I, I can shoot a little bit further than that and be accurate with it, but just, you know, with how they'll duck and, you know, you never know what's going to happen mm-hmm. in that, in that distance. Um, so being, you know, being close and um, honestly, I was very happy with, with how my pin gap ended up with, you know, the, and I'm shooting, I think my total arrow weight um, with those 200 grain heads was like 625. <laughs> so it's, it's a heavy arrow and uh, you know, my, my pin gap really wasn't anything, you know, it was, it was tighter than I was expecting. Yeah. And just from, you know, slow-mo videos I took in the yard of me shooting it, you know, it wasn't like it had some crazy arc to it. And I don't have a chronograph, so I don't know what I'm shooting, you know, how many feet per second, but um, it seemed pretty, pretty fast to me and, and plenty, you know, plenty fast enough. So, um, but yeah, just, Mo, just you uh, the bear refined EKO shooting it at 70 pounds. So what is that a 330 IBO? No, it's I believe like, I think it's higher. I think it's like 340, 342 it, or something. I think it might be 340 now that yeah. you say that, Eric. It, it's their second tier. Basically, it's it's like their highest level, but mm-hmm. it's one step down from the execute, right? It was their flagship model in 2022. Okay, yeah. So, so basically it was their, their best bow of, of 2022. Okay, yeah. and yeah. you're I'm just, uh, just looking at you. What do you got? 29, 29, 29 and a half inch drop. 29. Yeah, Andrew is taller. 70 pounds. Always 342. Than me, so. <laughs> I want to say, what, 600? How many grain? 625. I'd say guess. you're probably, I'd say you're probably 263, 264. Yeah. I was thinking somewhere in the 260s just from, you know, yeah. kind of doing basic calculations like that. Um, Which for 220 grain or 225, or sorry, I can't speak tonight. 625 grain. That is cooking, dude. <laughs> yeah, like, that heavy, if I shot that heavy of an arrow out of my bow, it'd be below 200, no doubt. Mm. I mean, so it's. It, Recurve speed. <laughs> I mean, literally yeah so andrew it, you probably don't know but i bought jd's old bear okay he got hoy sold that uh the bear uh bear paradox bear yep. paradox at 60 pounds and before that i was shooting um actually my first bow it was basically a bear legit it was a rebranded mm-hmm. bear legit and that was even slower <laughs> but it would go up to 70 pounds so I've never had like a fast bow like y'all. I am going to mm-hmm. upgrade. And that's what we were talking about earlier is like, yep. you know, this new line of bows that Bear came out with. I, I've i never shot a bow that feels like a bear, personally. Mm-hmm. You know, I shot his Hoyt. I shot my buddy's Hoyt. I shot an Elite. Now, the Elites are nice. Yeah. but That's what I had before this one was an Elite. And I liked that great. Yeah. But, um, I, I had an Elite, too. And it felt a little different, you know, switching over the Bear. But, you know, after – a week of practicing with it and, and getting used to it. You know, I love the the feeling of it. It shoots great. And um, I don't see myself ever switching, you know, in the, t- in the meantime. So, well, there you go. I mean, and, you know, I don't really <laughs> have too much room to talk because, you know, in two years I've gone from elite to bear to Hoyt now obsession. <laughs> the loyalty is not there. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So, no, right, it's not. so that's, that's the elk hunt um, yeah. dream hunt. I'm congratulations again. When I saw that, thank you. I was so stoked for you. And then you got featured on VPA. And I, I actually was talking to Ryan, one of the owners of it, like a week uh-huh. or two ago. And I told him about you. I was like, dude, I know that guy. I was like, I, 
shoot, man, I went to high school with him and all this and y'all featured him. That's awesome. He's like, yeah, man, that, that was a good bowl and all this, all this good stuff. Yeah. And they couldn't have been nicer, man. When we were just corresponding back and forth, they were so great and, you know, asking questions and, you know, yeah. congratulate me and all that. So um, a lot of good folks over there at VPA. Oh yeah, man. Th those guys, I mean, they, when they came on and then we started, or well, really JD started talking, you know, business with them and they wanted to come on the podcast as like a, I guess a partner affiliate sponsor, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. I instantly was like, yes, 100%. Let's do it. I mean, they're American made. They're really yep. good dudes. They're Christian people. Like why yep. not? You know what I mean? Um, yep. Which I want to circle back to that a little bit later on, but moving on from the, um, the elk hunt. So what's mm -hmm. your, what's your whitetail history, man? Like, were you hunting when we were, when, when I first met you when we were kids? Yeah, I was. So, uh, you know, like I said, my dad has been a hunter his whole life. His, my grandfather was from Texas and was a big hunter back there. And, uh, you know, my dad grew up squirrel hunting, rabbit hunting, deer hunting, you know, quail hunting, doing about any type of hunting you could do. Mm -hmm. And so from the time, you know, I think the first time he ever took me along with him when I was probably four or five years old, um, went and sat in a ground blind and just, you know, played on my Game Boy and just, uh, you know, enjoyed being out there. But um, nice. started actually, you know, hunting for myself when I was probably seven or eight. Um, oh, wow. We, yeah, we went, uh, we used to go down to uh, Clybell WMA and do the the father-son, you know, youth yeah. hunt down there back in the That's day. That's where I'm going this weekend. Okay, good deal. Yeah, had a lot of good memories. Down. So I shot my first deer down there when I was, I guess, eight years old um, with a rifle. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, my dad had been in our, our bow club, you know, from the time I was, before I was even born, he got in and, you know, my dad's always been a really big bow hunter, but, you know, when we were growing up, he, he had us in a couple different leases where we could gun hunt just so we could, you know, kind of ease our way into it. But, uh, I think I got my first bow, you know, around that same time when I was seven or eight, started shooting it and then, uh, actually shot my first deer with a bow when I was, when I was 10, uh, I had just turned 10 in November, my birthday's in November. So I had just turned 10 and my dad took me out for my birthday hunt and, uh, shot a little three pointer with my, I don't even remember what my first bow was, but I was shooting like, think 40 pounds or something mm -hmm. and uh shot a little three-point buck and and really from that time on you know like I said we had our our bow club but we had some other places where we could gun hunt but both my brother and I all we ever wanted to do was bow hunt so you know by the time we were you know 12 and 10 or whatever um my dad was like well we're paying this money to be in these leases but all y'all want to do is go bow hunt so we got out of all of our gun clubs and um you know, we still do a little bit of gun hunting here and there with some friends and stuff, but um, we're pretty much exclusively bow hunters now and I've been doing it for a long time. So it's uh, it's always been a big passion of mine. And, you know, going out west was was awesome. But, you know, like I said, my first hunt was uh, this past Sunday and just being back in the tree in Georgia. It was like just being like, you know, being at home. It was yeah. it, it felt really nice just to be back in the stand. And, and that's what I, I really love is, is whitetail hunting here at home. So would you say because I used to hunt out really close to maybe like two or three miles away from you. Right. Yep. Um, and I had some, I mean, there's some giant deer in that County. Oh yeah. Would, would you, I mean, I'm assuming your biggest deer was probably killed over there, right? Yes, it was. Okay. Both of my, my, uh, my biggest deer have both, both been killed on our archer club. When, uh, when was the biggest deer? Cause I know you killed a good one last year. Yep. And then... So it was actually two years ago last year. I, uh, I hunted my butt off last year, but I actually, I didn't shoot. I shot a couple of those last year. I missed a nice buck last year, but didn't shoot a buck last year. But in 20, okay. my two biggest deer were in 2019 and 2021. Um, okay. I've killed two nice tens down there. 
both of them missed Pope and Young by about an inch. They were about 124 inches, but they were both deer that we had had on camera for years. I think both of them were, we know one of them was seven and a half. One of them we thought might be eight and a half. Um, yeah, they were deer that we had had on camera for, for many, many years and had always followed and just could never catch up with. And oh. then, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to, to shoot, you know, cause there were deer that, you know, me and my dad and brother were all after. Yeah. And, uh, I was lucky enough to shoot both of them. One of the one in 2019, my brother had been hunting hard all September, all October. And then I <laughs> shot him during the rut in November. I felt kind of bad, but, uh, he was happy. I, about to say, so. I, bet, I bet he hated you for that for yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> he was. He was definitely a little butthurt, I think, but he was, yeah. he was happy for me. I can I see Austin doing that. I can yeah, definitely but, see him getting uh, a little upset. <laughs> yeah, man, we've got some some for you know for where we are in Rockdale, we've got some some really really good deer down there, man. Oh you know, yeah, we've got twenty two hundred acres, I think we hunt on, and got a mix of you know all types of of terrain and and some really good food sources and stuff. And I think you know from our club, we've killed probably five or six of the top 10 in, in Rockdale with a bow. So there's, it. there's some really good ones that come off the club every single year. So see, I was worried that y'all might've killed this one deer. I named Hercules back in 2019 and 2020. Uh -huh. And I remember sending you that photo. I was yeah. Like, I've seen this guy. And uh -huh. you said you hadn't, but I haven't seen him since. And I lost that property um, after last year. So, but one of my buddies just sent me a photo. He hunts across the street from where I was. And he's uh -huh. got a nine point that easily goes 140. Really? So like, there's good genetics over there. I mean, at the oh, yeah. it was like two, not two seventeen or something like that. Oh yeah. So, I There's mean, been some, we had one deer on camera one year. We only got one picture of them, but we're right along the, uh, the river down there. And, mm -hmm. um, we had one that, you know, our, our camera was hundred yards off the river and we had one picture of him, but he was a giant non-typical and a guy ended up killing him down the road a couple miles. And I think he was like mid one seventies, one eighty, something like that. So, um, and, you know, back in the day, and obviously this was before I was even born, but when the club was first started in the, the late 80s and early 90s, you know, it had never been hunted before and uh, was just overrun with huge deer. And they were killing, you know, yeah. 150s all the time. And we still, you know, we'll still kill a 150, you know, every couple of years or something. But, uh, you know, we get them on camera a lot, but, you know, they're just hard to catch up with with a bow. Oh, yeah. I'm still shocked that you're able to get on a seven or eight year old buck, man. I mean, that that that's respectable for sure because no, i was they were like i said you know they both missed pope and young by an inch or so but um to me they were as as good of a trophy as, as any deer i'll ever kill just because oh, yeah. all the history we had with them and their age i mean they were uh they were kind of legends on our club of you know everybody knew those deer and um i was just lucky enough to you know be in the right spot at the right time and shoot both of them but um you know kill I, that, you know killing an old deer like that is like i think is is you know as a big enough accomplishment as killing a 140 inch, you know, four year old. Oh, for sure. Just because so, of the, the age on them. The real question though, your wife, did she let you shoulder mount them and put them in the house? So they are, my dad has a trophy room at my oh, parents' okay. house. Okay. And so we're in a little town home right now and we really don't you. have room for anything. So all my mounts are still at home. Uh, we're, we're hopefully going to start looking for a house here soon for ourselves. But um, I think once we buy a place, I'm either going to have to, you know, hopefully have a room where I can put them all or, you know, build a little shed or something. But um, my yeah. dad's got an incredible trophy room at his house where we've got, and he's actually had to convert a couple of rooms in the basement just because we keep killing stuff and running out <laughs> of wall space. So, um, but all of them are at my parents' house right now. But, uh, you know, my wife's very, you know, good about, she's not a hunter. She, you know, really could care less about it, but yeah, she knows how much it means to me and she's great about, you know, support me. And, That's and kind of, sounds like my wife. 
Yep. Yeah, she's, she's a city girl through and through. So I don't think uh, I've tried to get her and, and she said she would. And I'm hoping, you know, one of these years that she'll go out and just sit with me for an afternoon. She said she would. So hoping to get her out there just to, you know, go sit in the sand and, and watch some does or do something. Yeah. But uh, she really doesn't care much for the hunting. But see what you need to do is you need to get a crossbow. And I got one you can use. Yeah. Put it in her hands and say, all and right. I told her that I said, look, we can hunt with crossbows. And, yeah. uh, you know, I know she because she's an athlete. I mean, she could do. She's good at, you know, random stuff. And um, I know she could, you know, definitely shoot a crossbow if she wanted to. So oh. I'm still working on her, but uh, trying, and I'm still trying to get her to, she, she will eat. She actually ate some of my elk meat. She's, she's a little turned off by eating venison, but I'm trying to get her into that. So, what? yeah. It's so good, man. But it's just more for me. That's how I look at it. That's true. That's very true. My daughter eats more probably than I do. So I'm really. Oh, by the way, Eric, if it makes you feel any better, my wife actually, before I sold you that bow, uh -huh. my wife actually did three heart shots on a target with that bow. Well, now I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's bad. Granted, it, was, it, was at a, it was at a target, but still. Yeah, well, you know. Um, I lowered it. I lowered it. I lowered it down to 50 pounds for her, and she, three of them, and I, I, the first one she missed the target. The second yeah. one I reco I recoached her and uh, she hit kind of far back. But by the third time I told her what the third shot, fourth shot, fifth shot, she heart shot every single one of them. Wow, that's impressive. I mean, if you want to buy it back, you know, to take your hunting, I'm no, okay. I don't. I'm selling it soon, no. so <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that, those those Rockdale deer are just. It's made me want to almost go seek one style and just start mm -hmm. knocking on doors and just be yeah. like, hey, uh, you know, I used to hunt down the street. I do deer management. Yeah. OK, so J.D. lives in Cobb County, so he's got okay. a giant 140, 150 right now that he's chasing. Mm -hmm. So he's spoiled. I don't know where you're at, but you get to hunt the Rockdale deer. So, you know, that that the genetics over there, I compare to like J.D.'s genetics because mm -hmm. I mean, literally, dude, that deer I sent you. Uh -huh. A couple years back, I don't know if you remember him, but yeah, he I do. Was tall and just oh, yeah, giant. So oh, there's some studs out there, and honestly, it's we're I'm so lucky to be able to hunt there because you know I live in Decatur now, and uh, mm. to get to our club, you know, in the mornings, if you're going hunting in the morning without any traffic, I can be there in 30 minutes. Gotcha. So you know, for for most guys to be able to shoot deer of that caliber, you know, you're having to drive to Middle or South Georgia, mm -hmm. um, and I can be there in, in 30 minutes. You know, last year I got a ton of afternoon hunts in after work just you know had a couple of hours and could drive down and, and hunt for a few hours so it's yeah. it's really nice being that close to home and having that that big a deer to hunt so well i'm glad you got out of gwinnett county because yeah <laughs> man it's a big changed. deer up there too though <laughs> oh yeah yeah but see like over um over where i used to live my parents house is that we used uh -huh. to have a ton of woods man and like i don't know if you remember pierre and brad and all oh that. yeah we used to behind his house back then he had about 10 to 20 acres we would just play around in uh -huh. And I mean, I never saw any deer, but I'm sure there were some giants over there. But oh, now yeah. they put a um, like a big subdivision over there. So it's like, yeah, I kind of feel like that a lot of the places that were, you know, wooded areas when we were kids are now yep. gone. Because well, even Peachtree Ridge had a ton of woods. Oh, yeah. You, can't hunt it. you remember how? How it worked? <laughs> Billy Howe? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So me him used to hunt off a little piece that he had some permission on right off of 316 and uh <clears throat> we hunted there i don't know a couple years and saw some some decent deer out there actually came very close to getting a shot at a really nice eight point and 
Uh, I don't I don't remember it was so long ago. We didn't yeah. end up shooting him, but uh, from that property, I think his dad killed like a one thirty, and uh, they shot some good deer there over the years. And now it's got you know a highway running through the middle of it. So, but yeah, it's like every time I go to Gwinnett now, they're building a new apartment complex or neighborhood yeah. or something. So it's ridiculous. All those man. woods are just getting eaten up up there. Yeah, but I mean, it's just going to move the deer to other places. Yeah, I mean, shoot, we could team up and go knock on some doors and be like, hey, uh, we grew up here, so. I think? was going to say, I've definitely, <laughs> uh, I've definitely thought about it, man. You know, just driving around up there, you see a little patch of woods. It's like, you know, there's deer there. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, if you find the right person, I'm sure they'd let you hunt. So now have you talked to Hyle at all? Cause I've been trying to reach out to him, but I actually, I, I stay in touch with him here and there. He's, uh, he lives up in Tennessee now and mm. he's got some giant deer. He sent me some trail camera pictures from this summer of probably two or three of them were you know 160 plus inch deer mm -hmm. uh, one of them was like a giant non-typical was probably 175 inches all day and uh so and i forget what part i think he's in like northwestern tennessee mm -hmm. um up close to the kentucky line but um he's got some really good deer but yeah I, I talked to him here and there and uh we we keep up you know especially during hunting season just you know sharing pictures and talking about what we've been seeing and if we shot yeah. anything and he actually just went on an elk hunt out in wyoming this year too they had cow tags, but um, I think him and his dad and buddy and their uncle or something, I think they shot like five or six cows with all the guys that went out there. So that's wild. They're, they're coming home with a bunch of alchemy, which I know he's happy about. So, dude, it's so crazy to me to see like all of us older now and especially like, you know, you've got a kid, you're married. Okay. Well, JD, you've always been old, but <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just wild. I'm sorry. What year did you graduate? 2013 when did you graduate oh 95? when i was born oh <laughs> <laughs> five i'm kidding you said 2005 oh five oh five well, that's only eight years it's not bad that's okay you're not that old yet anyway um <laughs> yeah no it's just wild to me dude because like you know i obviously i knew Heil hunted mm -hmm. i mean we i can say we didn't get along i just we were in different crowds you know yep. And I had no idea that you and your family hunted. So, I mean, it's just, it's just wild, dude. And some of the deer that I've seen you guys kill and the elk hunt and all that, like, I'm, I'm just happy to see that, you know, at least somebody from back then yep. has it right, has it together and is, is doing it the right way. And God knows what everybody else is doing. Cause I know we had that reunion. I didn't yep. go. I, don't know I did actually go. How was it? So it, it was fun, man. We, uh, you know, saw a lot of old faces and um, it was good just kind of seeing everybody again and catching up. It was a lot of fun, actually. Um, so so that was pretty cool. But yeah, no, when we when we connected a couple of years ago and when you first started hunting and stuff, I was super happy to see you getting into it. And, uh, you know, when you were hunting close to us, it was it was cool. So just uh, and now, you know, doing the podcast and everything. So it's uh, it's cool to see, you know, how you've kind of come along in your hunting journey and um you know i know you got a lot of good things ahead of you so i'm excited for you man i appreciate it man i just um i don't know i gotta honestly give credit you know to you and your dad too because your dad has helped a lot and not even just in hunting and this is what i meant earlier when i said i wanted to circle back so like mm -hmm. how important you know your dad posts um bible verses every day mm -hmm. and that sort of started me on my i guess you could call it journey of faith and all of that mm -hmm. stuff and I'm just curious, like his influence on you with that, I'm assuming that 
it was pretty strong, right? Like, oh, is that yeah. a big thing for you guys when you're out there? Or oh, it, sort of, it totally know? is. My dad has been, you know, the best mentor in, in many different aspects that I could have ever asked for. Um, again, going back to just having a dad that hunted and, and taught us that growing up and, you know, always doing things the right way, um, you know, being ethical hunters, uh, you know, teaching safety, um, and then, you know, being very strong in his faith and, and, you know, passing that along to my brother and I, um, it's, it's been, you know, I, I really couldn't have asked for a better dad and, and mentor in that aspect. And, um, you know, watching him, you know, growing up, killing all these big deer and, and just always had somebody to look up to. And, uh, I'm just so thankful to, to have a dad like him truly. Cause, you know, like you said, nobody really in our area hunted much and, um, it was, it was just knowing how much it means to me and how, how big of a part of my life it's always been. Uh, I'm just super thankful, you know, so shout out to you, dad. So, uh, <laughs> old cheese <seriously>. Stanley. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm telling you when I meet him, that's what I'm gonna call him. I'm not even gonna call him John. I'm like, Hey, yep. chief. that's what he goes. Uh, how, was, uh, how was deer season last year? Did you kill that 200? <laughs> just, I just, yeah. I'm waiting for him to post a picture of this giant, like monster off of, off of that property. Cause I know they're there. Oh, they're there hundred percent. I mean, we see them on camera all the time. It's just, uh, you know, seeing them on camera and, and killing them is two different things. So. Oh yeah. You're not kidding. When you say that I've, I've got about four of them. Give me the runaround right now. And then a yeah. big one, he'd probably go 140, 150 on Clybell that I have no clue where he's at. Really? But I got some big dude down summer, there so. too, man. Yeah. He killed some, some big ones on those clover hunts. Yeah. Well, we, I've got it. I wish JD would have put in and got drawn, but I've got that hunt. Um, I would go tomorrow if I could, but I got to work. So I'll be there Friday and Saturday. Um, got a few good spots. So, I mean, if I kill some, I'll send you photos. Yeah. If you were closer, I'd say, Hey, come. come yeah, for sure. Damn thing out. <laughs> I was going to say, man, I, uh, I know you're not hunting right down the road anymore, but I was hoping at one point we'd be able to, to get the drag one together. Cause that, you know, to me, that's as much fun as anything. It's just, you know, being with friends and family and, and just, you know, sharing in those experiences together. That's, that's all, you know, that's as much that means as much to me as any of it just just getting yeah. to to be in camp and um you know see other people's success that 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 gets me as fired up as anything so well i mean well, hey when i kill when i kill my big one i'm gonna call you andrew instead of eric because you're closer please do, <laughs> even, though, even though i don't know you at all He's you're just closer so i'm closer. gonna call you please do uh, man i'd be uh, happy to help i love that stuff <laughs> well if you're if you're open to it and if you're free and if your cameras are dead which i hope they're not but if they are um and you got nothing really going on with, you know, the family or anything like that. Mm -hmm. The Clybell archery hunt is in two weeks. Okay. So if you want to make the drive out, I've got a couple of spots that, you know, I've been scouting and stuff. Just a thought, just throwing it out there. You don't have to. Yeah, no. But, I, um, yeah, man. It's, I appreciate the invite. And we've actually got, we've been putting in for, you know, like I said, we, we kind of quit gun hunting and, and, you know, doing some of the quota hunts and stuff. Uh, just because we had such a good place to hunt on our club but we've been putting in for points for years and have so many built up so we've been talking about doing you know one year just saying you know let's just leave the deer at our place alone for for a little while and, and go do one of these hunts on on a you know a place like Clybell or bf yeah. or one of these places that's got some some really good deer too and just you know go experience something new we've got all the points we may as well do it so um whenever we come up with a plan i'll definitely let you know what what we're going to do for yeah because i've got my whole plan for next year is um once this season's over i'm gonna get every regular camera i've got and go literally spend a whole day scouting out there and just throw the cameras out and let them soak um and i was actually just before we got on here talking to a buddy of mine that the same one i was telling you about the hunts out by you guys uh -huh. and 
he was like, are you going to go with the gun or a bow? I'm like, dude, I'm taking a bow. I'm not, I haven't gun hunted in five years and mm -hmm. I don't plan to, unless it's like, you know, for some reason, someone's like, Hey, we've got this hunt. We'll pay for it, but you have to bring a gun because of X, Y, and Z. Then I'd probably do it. But yeah. well, we've yeah, got man, a couple I mean, spots you know, down there too, that we hunted for years and years that, that, uh, that I know like the back of my hand. So I can definitely share some, some spots down there that, that you might want to go check out. Over at Clybo? Yeah. I'm going to text you as soon as we get off here. Yep. <laughs> I'm curious if it's some of the spots that, that I've already checked out. And if mm -hmm. it is, then that just adds more weight to it, you know, cause yeah, for sure. the spot I'm going to um, Friday is the same spot. I saw the giant 10 uh -huh. um, two years ago. So I'm like, it was the same time frame, same mm -hmm. area. I'm just going to do the same thing I did and see what yeah. shows up. I mean, there's good deer I've got on camera right now. So right. even if he doesn't show up, I'll still shoot one of them. Mm -hmm. So like I said, man, the invite's open. If, if you got the time and want to come out, just let me know. We'll make it happen. Oh, I appreciate um, that, man. Look, man, I don't want to keep you away from the family too long. And my wife just texted me saying she smells something burning. So hopefully I still have <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, But we need to do this again and definitely get your dad and brother on. Yeah, no, um, I'd love to do that. Yeah, it'd be a lot oh, of fun. Yeah. Honestly, if y'all three are ever together and we can do that. I was going to say, we can like, make that happen. I mean, my brother lives close to me now and, you know, my parents are still up in Gwinnett, but it's not a far drive at all. So gotcha. um, we could definitely do that. I'd love to get you over to the house and show you the trophy room too. Of course, dude. I'm, yeah. Just tell me when. <laughs> I go visit my parents all the time. I'm only 10 minutes down the road from y'all probably. So for sure. Yeah. And no, my dad loves showing it off. So my mom calls it the dead zoo. That's her. Uh, that's her name. <laughs> that's funny. So. <laughs> oh man. Well, yeah. look, dude, I appreciate it. Um, is there anything you want to tell the listeners before we get off of here? Some stuff that maybe you got planned or just something you think they should know or? Um, you know, not really. I just, uh, I appreciate you having me on and uh, it was great catching up. And JD, it was nice to meet you, man. And nice you know, you. like I said, I've been enjoying following along with the with the journey on the podcast and everything and um, hoping, hoping for some success for you guys this season and look forward to staying in touch. Yeah, man. Well, we appreciate it. And it was Hey man, good luck. Good luck right back at you, bud. Yeah, you, yeah. Man. I, I want to see one of those Rockdale Giants in the next couple of weeks. I'm going this weekend. So I'm hoping right. uh I'm hoping the timing lines up and, and we can get one on the ground. So my dad oh, and brother yeah. are down. My dad uh they went down Tuesday. So my brother's off the rest of the week. Like I said, my dad's retired. So they've uh I've been just sitting at home with with some serious FOMO, just getting text updates every 30 <laughs> minutes, like, hey, we just had this deer chased by, or you know, this one just showed up on camera or whatever. But uh oh, so they're they're down there in the thick of it right now. So I'm excited, hoping one of them, you know, can shoot one and uh I'll get the call to come help drag. So yeah, that would kill me too. That would definitely kill me. By the way, I remember we talked about this. Did you put me on that waiting list? Yes, I did. You did. Oh, yes. all right, cool, man. Yep. It's a, and I will, I will tell you, it's a long list, but uh, you know, if, if if we, you know, I'll go enough, if enough if enough years go by, <laughs> then then I think you got a chance for sure. Because honestly, we do have a lot of older members in the club, so I, you know, I think uh, you know, over the next 10, 15 years, that there will be some new blood coming in. So. Um, and I was lucky enough to get in just because I was, you know, an immediate family member of a of a of a member. So yeah. it put me to the top of the list. So that's really the only reason I was able to, you know, become an official member. But uh, no, I've I've got you on there, and uh, you know, hopefully one of these days we can get you in, and I'll show you all around, and uh, you know, you can share in some of the fun we have down there. Yeah, dude, that would be awesome. Well, look, man, I appreciate it. Um, go take care of the baby and the wife. And uh, good luck this weekend, man. Seriously, yes, keep me updated. 
No, same to y'all. I'll definitely keep you updated. And uh, if y'all have any success, let me know. Will do, man. Appreciate it. All, All right, man. Y'all take, take care. Go take care of that burning stuff. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Make sure your house isn't on fire. Yeah, I'm going to go check. <laughs> <laughs> See y'all right, later. Later, man. All right. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to this episode of Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. If you don't mind, go on Apple, go on Spotify, wherever you listen to this and give us a five-star review. It really helps out. And, you know, I just want to give all the glory and all the thanks to God. Without him, I wouldn't be able to do any of this. We wouldn't be able to do anything without him. So just needed to throw that out there. Thank you again for listening. And don't forget to give us a review.